0: I have the honor this morning of uh, introducing our guest speaker uh, for the day. And I count it a blessing uh, to be able to have different voices um, just share God's word so we are constantly uh, different perspectives and hearing what God is saying to the different vessels that he uses. Um, So I got an opportunity to meet uh, Brother Marcus. D. Thorne about a month after I started because I really wanted to make sure that the partnerships and the relationships that we valued here at Naperville didn't fall through the cracks in transition. Um, And I just thought it was an honor to meet both him, um, Brother Mike, and Marcus. Uh, So Marcus was raised in the Southeast U.S. Marcus is a graduate of MIT. Uh, He has a Bachelor's of Science in Urban Studies and Planning, and he also has his MA from Wheaton College. Um, He has lived and worked in the Lawndale uh, community for the past 19 years, serving in various capacities, including Technology Center Director, Community Organizer, Interim Executive Director, Director of Mentoring, uh, New Communities Program Director as Dean of Restorative Justice at the North Lawndale College Prep High School, and currently is Executive Director of Operations uh, for the Young Men's Educational Network Which we call Y-Men He's been leading and training for over 25 years uh, He is the husband of Nicole And the father of four wonderful children Marcus' greatest joy um, Is leading his family And so as he prepares to come Can we do something that we do at my home church Can we just extend our hands uh, Toward our speaker this morning And repeat Let me say God bless. God bless Brother Marcus God bless, God bless. Brother Marcus, God bless, Brother Marcus. Uh, let's give him a round of applause as we receive from this morning. Thank you so much.
1: Good morning, family. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Um, And it's a pleasure to serve at uh, Men, the Young Men's Educational Network. A little ministry, small but mighty, on the west side of Chicago, where we are seeking to grow young people into leaders. Um, Leadership is in you. Amen? Amen? And even if you feel like you're not a leader, everyone, I believe, is gifted to lead. Everyone's not necessarily gifted with leadership. I won't make that distinction with you all this morning, but I will let you know that even the youngest among us have those that they're looking to and often those who are looking to them. You might be a big sister or a big brother and you got a little sibling who's looking up at you, looking at what you do, looking at what you don't do. So moms, dads, what we do at Men is seek to instill that that, that bug of leadership in our young people to help them understand and see that they can be the ones who can bring transformation to North Lawndale. And for those who don't know anything about North Lawndale, I won't say much, but North Lawndale is a neighborhood of um, great asset, but also great challenge. Um, In a neighborhood where uh, I, I don't have a statistic as good as Mike does. Mike, if he was up here, he'd rattle them off for you. But about $17,000 uh, average uh, household salary, um, maybe about 70% of men who have been formerly incarcerated, um, all, all kinds of, of different uh, terrible, oftentimes, statistics that are known on the news. Uh, but in the midst of all of that, uh, we have found that there is great hope. Not only great hope in our young people, but great hope in the Jesus that we serve. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. And so I, I kind of want to talk about that. I know we, we, we've moved to the candle now from hope to peace to joy. And I'm going to talk about joy, but I want to talk about hope first this morning. And so in this passage that we uh, have for our passage this morning is Isaiah 35. Um, this passage is so full and rich uh, just just even looking at the first verse, it says, the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. Anybody ever felt like they've been in a wilderness? Yeah. Um, wilderness is a. Pretty bad place. I mean, granted, Jesus decided to go to the wilderness. The spirit, it says, drove him to the wilderness so that he could be there and fast for 40 days. Right. So 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 the wilderness is not always a bad place. But I don't know anyone who would choose it. I wouldn't choose the wilderness. But in this passage, we have the the nation of Israel who has experienced an exile, they've been taken away from their homeland, they've lost now Jerusalem, and Isaiah is reading this passage and writing this as inspired by the, by the Spirit, and he says that in this wilderness, the wilderness itself and the wasteland will be glad for this nation, this group of people, they're going to be glad for them. And it says further, "...and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose." It shall blossom and abundantly rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be in it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. I um, I won't tell you all my story, but the closest thing that I can claim to being a refugee um. Some of you all were listening as uh, Pastor X shared part of my bio. I went to MIT, and um, I also have part of my testimony. I got kicked out of MIT. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, So after my second year there, four semesters, uh, it finally caught up with me of of not going to class. Uh, Yeah, hmm. And uh, they told me it was time to go home. If I wasn't going to take my responsibility seriously, I needed to go. Ouch. Um, And so I was home, and I opened the the letter, and I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing my poor grades. I had a couple of good ones, but I had a couple of terrible ones as well. And um, as I looked at the bottom, uh, it said R.W., and it was a key. And I looked at the key, and the key said, required to withdraw. And, um... I was at MIT, y'all. I knew what those words meant, but in that moment, I didn't have a clue what they meant. I said, it can't mean what I think it says that it it, it means. So do you know that I actually picked up the phone, and I called to the number that was on my report card, and I asked the lady I got on the other end, ma'am, I just got my report card in the mail. I want to know. It says R.W. at the end of my report card. It says I'm required to withdraw. What does that mean? She said, it means you're required to withdraw. (laughs) In the pit of my stomach in that moment, family, the level of disappointment, the level of frustration. How am I going to have this conversation with my parents? How am I going to say this to my church community? How am I going to face, face the people that, that some of them were rooting me on, trying to get me to go, and there were others who felt like I shouldn't have gone there anyway? How am I going to have, how, how can I face these folks in this wasteland that I'm feeling right now, my academic wasteland? And, and, and it, truth be told, my wasteland, that small period of time where I had to face what I faced, is so much less than what some of us have faced in this room. Getting a diagnosis of a child who has cancer. Yes. Having a loved one need special care and feeling like you have to spend it all to provide the care for that loved one. Having a loved one who maybe took their own life. Going through a divorce. The frustrations of loneliness being worried about what other folks have that you might want that you feel like you can't attain to. Wastelands. Wilderness. Drought. Frustration. So how is it that God turns our hearts to joy? That the wasteland itself, that the wilderness itself, looks and says, we're glad for them. We're glad for them. Family, the key comes at the end it says verse 10 ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing those who have been exiled those who have been excluded those who have lost houses and lands and property Those who have lost the place that they called home will come again. They will be returned to the place that they have lost. And they are ransom of the Lord and Zion will be renewed and you will return to Zion. Praise God. But we live in the in-between. It's been promised, but it's not been fulfilled. And so when you are looking at your child sick with cancer and you don't know what's going to happen next, it's hard to look to Zion. It's hard. But we serve a God family who does what he promised to do. Our hope is not like the hope that we hear about in the world sometimes. Because the hope that the world presents to us is often like buying a lottery ticket. You purchase it, and you hope that you're going to win. I know y'all don't buy lottery tickets. But but sometimes in the hood, we get scratch-offs. Amen. Amen. And we hope, we hope that those numbers are going to turn out the way that we are looking for Or you're in that line for the airplane and you get there to the front and it looks like when you get through first class and maybe you got some extra frequent flyer miles. And it's a couple of extra seats in first class. You're hoping that they upgrade you. Amen. So you can have a little extra leg room on that long flight. This is not the hope that we have in Jesus, family it is a guarantee that what God has said he will do what he's promised he's going to bring it to pass we can count on it we can take it to the bank there's no shirking there's no bounce checks there's no false deposits everything that he said he's going to deliver and so when he says I promise you're going to Zion we can have Hope, a surety. God will do what He said He would do. He will stand by His word. He will come through. It's promised. We, we can, we can, we can bank on it. And so we can walk in the wilderness. We can walk in the wasteland. With hope and with joy, and, and and look at what what we're supposed to do, family. I, this to me is amazing. I I I I have a hard time conceptualizing the the reality of what the scripture's teaching here. And, and so see, you see, the first two verses give us the the future tense. What will be? It says uh, in the desert, middle of the first first verse of, of chapter thirty-five. In the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose and it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing the glory of of Lebanon shall be given to it the excellence of Carmel and Sharon they shall see the glory of the Lord the excellency of our God these are things that are going to come to pass God's going to do them and so they're rejoicing already and what are they supposed to do as a result of their rejoicing Isaiah tells us right here in verse 3 this is what we're, our task is. If you're if you're hearing what I'm sharing with you and it's resonating a little bit by the Spirit of God, listen to what our responsibility is, family. Not not in the future, but right now. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those now, not not in the future. Say say to those who are fearful-hearted. Be strong. Don't fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. He will. If you would, say to your neighbor, he will. He will. will. (laughs) But the reality is, family... We don't have to live that way. We don't. And some of us choose not to. And so, think about the folks who are hopeless. Not just during Christmas season, but in life in general. Who don't feel the reality of a promise that is sure. That life as it is as it is right now in a wasteland for them, is how it's going to be. Oh, Jesus. So so we don't have to live with hope, but if you've ever felt that feeling that what you're experiencing right now, it may not ever get better. Oh, the misery, the frustration, the desperation is no way to live. That's, it's no way. I, I, I don't presume to know the marriages in here right now, but I'll just say as someone who's been married 14 years, though I love my wife, marriage is hard. I heard a couple of amens. Some of y'all couldn't say amen the way you wanted to because the person that you're living hard with is close to you right now. But that's all right. I'll say amen for you. Amen. Amen. It's hard. And if you've ever been through a season, and maybe some of you all are going through this season right now, where is he always going to be like this? Is she always gonna be like this? <sighs> Lord. But family, the scripture says that in the most intimate of relationships, we can have hope. Hope. A hopeless life is no it's no way to live. It's no way to live. We want to live with. And I hope that is sure. When we know that what God has said He's going to do, He's going to do it, we can have joy right now. We can believe God for that which He's already committed and promised. We know He's going to do it, and I can rejoice now. I don't know how it's going to end out in terms of everything that's going to take place. It sometimes happens, family, unfortunately, that our loved ones pass away. So I'm not sitting here promising a miracle for everyone in the congregation. I wish I had that power, but I can't promise it to you. But what I can promise to you is that those that we love in the Lord, we will see them again. We'll see them. God will raise them up in the same way as he renews Zion. He renews those who love him and are loved by him amen Amen. you may not be able to save your house, I don't know if you're in that kind of financial situation where you're on the brink of financial disaster, again I don't know you all in here, but even if it does not work out the way you want to, we can still trust God he's good he will do what he's promised to do And so we want to magnify him. We want to understand and know his promise to us and believe that no matter how difficult your circumstance, he's got us. He's got us. I want to digress here just for a moment. Um, I feel like our young people in particular are going through some of the hardest time of any young people ever. Um, so I don't know who this is for, but I feel like the Spirit of God is, is encouraging me to share this this morning. Um, sometimes the wilderness that we face young people, uh, I, as an older person, am dismissive of it. Um, I'll see as crocodile tears because you're crying because you don't have the iPhone that your friends have or you want the new watch and you don't have it or your friends get to do all these other things that you're not able to do Um, and, and, and when you're scanning your Insta right, you're seeing all the things that your friends have and get a chance to be a part of and how come I don't have these things and get a chance to do these things this comparison that we have with the world that we believe as it ought to be versus the world as it is for us can be hard And and I want to just say to you this morning, I want to acknowledge it to you. It's a real wasteland, all right? Even though sometimes we as adults minimize it. I just want to say to you, I did not have to live with the pressures that you all are having to live with as young people. And yet, and yet, I don't want you to lose hope. Do you hear me? God is good and you can trust him even now. Even while you're young, even though the difficulty that you face is so painful and you wish that things were different for you and that you had a different kind of reality, a different kind of existence. I want to promise you that a life trusting God and hoping in who he is and what he can promise is one that will, it says, allow us to come into Zion with singing. And with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I want to leave you with this. That phrase for me is just really, really uh, crazy. I have, a, I have a hard time with it. Uh, everlasting joy. Not just joy. And not just joy that comes sometimes. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Is that even possible? Is that a thing? Is there a prescription I can get for that? Like, where, Where do I need to go to have some of that? I, I need some of that in my life—everlasting joy, joy that does not end, joy that does not cease, joy that does not have a bottom, joy that does not run out. Everlasting joy—is that possible? How do I? How can I? How can I have that on this Christmas? How can I have that? Well, well the answer is—is is very clear. We look to Jesus. Jesus is coming. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He provides a joy, he says, that no man can take away. This joy that I give to you is not like the world gives to you. It's not one that can be snatched. It's not one that a thief can break in and robbers can steal. This is a treasure that's in heaven. It's not one that can be broken up or taken. It's everlasting. It's a joy that he gives because... They are the ransomed. They have been redeemed. Because sometimes, if we're honest, the exiles of our life are related to the fact of stuff that we've done wrong. And so you look at the nation of Israel, and there's a clear track record. God had told them and told them and sent prophets and prophets and prophets, and them dummies didn't do what God asked them to do. <laughs> They were fools like me. I won't say fools like you because I don't know y'all that good, but they were certainly fools like me. But this idea born into sin that I may live again, the precious Lamb of God, why you love me so, Lord, I'll never know Precious. Family, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I ain't never done wrong. That would be a bold faced lie. I don't deserve the goodness that God has given to me. But I have obtained. Listen to that word. I have the access because of what God has given in Jesus. Obtained. Not earned. Not sacrificed for. Not bought. Not been prescribed. God has given an everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. So my encouragement to you this morning is (sighs) strengthen the hands. Firm up the knees. The, The hands that might need to be strengthened might be your own. The knees that might need to firm up so you can stand might be your own but if you feel like you have some strong hands this morning and your your knees are all right, it's a neighbor it's a friend it's a family member that needs to be encouraged needs some love needs to know that you're standing on the promises even if they don't necessarily even believe in God or have made a commitment in Jesus if they're willing to hear it let them know I'm standing in the gap for you I love Jesus and you may not believe in him but man I'm letting you know I'm, I'm here I'm I'm in in the midst of it. I'm I'm grieving with you. I'm hurting with you. I'm praying for you. Can I help strengthen your hands? Can I help firm up your knees? For those who are fearful, tell them, don't be be afraid. Amen? 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 Let's pray together. Dear God, Father, help us to have hope. Help us to know, Lord, that that hope is sure. Father, not probable, not just possible, but Father, promised and permanent. And may we, Father, count on the hope of that which you are doing in our lives. And because we are so certain by your spirit of that which you've promised to us, Lord God, the ransom, the restoration, the redemption, that we can rejoice. Help us to have joy, Lord God. And even may it be by your spirit, experience a foretaste of that which will be revealed when you come back, Father, some everlasting joy. Just a foretaste. It may not feel that way all the time, Lord, but Father, I pray that no one in this congregation who has has begun to trust in you, Lord, would experience any permanent depression, any permanent frustration, Lord. May they have the punctuation of your grace and your mercy in these paragraphs of despair in the wasteland that we experience, Lord. May we walk with the knowledge that you love us and that you are here with us and that you will do what you promised. And we praise you for it in advance. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.